More and more people are moving to cities, and that's going to affect almost every industry. We are very cautious and very aware to make a conscious effort to work with the ecosystem. What can the average person do to take action now? Not one person can change the world, but if we all do a little something different, it might help. Being open to embracing innovation. Know that you can make a difference. A absolutely. There's no excuse not to even do a little bit. Let's go check it out. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into the Green Podcast. We are very excited to announce our upcoming event, the Green Summit. Be sure to register for your tickets today. We've got an amazing lineup of guests. It's a two-day event in San Diego that we're streaming all around the world with keynote speaker Hap Klopp, the founder of North Face, and uh, really just an amazing lineup of guests all around, amazing companies, all clean tech, sustainable, uh, renewable energy leaders in the space sharing their views, their goals, their vision for a cleaner future. So be sure to register for the event today. Use the code 25 off to get 25% off of your ticket. Again, that's 25 off and that's the green summit. Be sure to register today. Going Green is brought to you by Koskin Corva Vodka, a huge friend of ours. We love what they're doing. Koskin Corva Vodka is a sustainable vodka made honestly. It's vegan and gluten-free. The vodka is named after the village in Finland, Koskinkorva, where real farmers harvest the world's northernmost barley in unfiltered spring waters to make a vodka of true integrity. Here's my favorite part. Not only do I love drinking, responsibly of course, the Koskinkorva plant has a 99.9% .9 recycling rate. And don't worry, back in the village, they're still working on that 0.01% and was the first spirit to win the Green Company of the Year Award. Now our goal is to bring Koskin Korva from the Scandinavian European world out to the American land where we all love to have a good drink here and there. So check out Koskin Korva Vodka, support them. We love a good sustainable company. So give them a little bit of love. Thank you. And let's get back to the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Green Podcast. We have a returning guest on the show today. And the reason we wanted to bring back this guest is because he's a part of an industry that is worth billions and billions of dollars. Also, one of the one of the excuse me, one of the industries that is not very efficient when it comes to sustainability. And our guest today, Romain Liat, has put a lot of effort and resources into making his company Adore Me more environmentally friendly, more sustainable. And the reason I want to have uh, Romain come back on the show is because this is a really big problem we're facing in the fashion industry. And we're actually going to do a series of episodes with Romain diving into the fashion industry and just sort of looking back on the history of it, what's happening, why it's not very sustainable, but also in the future, how can it be more sustainable and how we as consumers can be more sustainable when we're choosing to buy clothes. So Romain, thank you very much for being on the show again. Really appreciate it. Joining us from New York City this time, not Paris. Again, thanks for being here and taking some time out of your day. Thanks for inviting me again. It's always a pleasure to share with you experience. Of course. So uh, in our first episode, we really kind of got to know Adore Me, but um, one thing we didn't dive into was some of the problems with the fashion industry. So in your experience, um, and I know there's a lot to talk about, so what are just some <clears throat> overall uh, problems that you're seeing in the fashion industry when it comes to not being very sustainable? Well, um, it's a very, very big complex uh, problem with a lot of uh, wearables in different directions. 
um, and uh, but that said, it's, it boils down to a, to a couple of points that I think everyone can understand. So despite the complexity that is real, and I don't want to minimize it, there is a few uh, facts uh, that people need to know about, about the fashion industry. And I'm all the more comfortable to share that, that at Ormi, we are more sustainable, but I will say it's a transition path. And first, we didn't start sustainable at all, and we are still far from being perfect. So I, I want everybody to understand I'm trying to share as much as possible our experience, but it's a, it's a, it's a journey. And it's a journey in which uh, I wish we were further than we are, and we are making progress. And, and so I, am, I have seen the challenge because I have experienced them uh, firsthand. Um, I think it starts as a, as a challenge, which is, uh, you know, fashion uh, is a business. So it's a beautiful business, of course, with a lot of uh, fancy advertising, a lot of beautiful story. It's really something that makes people dream, but it's also a, a business. and with top line, bottom line, and so on. And uh, over the last 30 years, you know, there was a, uh, like many business, uh, a bargaining force, a force, you know, where the price went down uh, from the raw material uh, to the fiber, to also the labor with a lot of things that were moved to, to Asia. And when uh, the price went down, it's a bit of a race to the bottom. So you compensate by volume. So I think uh, the fashion industry uh, tried to keep their business and they push for more, uh, more volume because uh, the, the price was down. And I think it's a major change of paradigm because right now you have to know that people are buying uh, five times more clothing than 20 years ago. And they're still wearing the same clothes because you can, uh, you know, uh, you have only, two arms, two legs, you know, but still people are wearing way more clothing. And I think it's coming from this race to the bottom in terms of price that was compensated with more volume. And, and of course, everybody today uh, will agree that for, for, for climate uh, change, we need to reduce consumptions. Uh, but uh, it's not an easy uh, thing to, to do for anyone because it's a major shift of paradigm. So, if you reduce consumption, you reduce my business, or I need to change everything. And for this, you need time, you need skills, you need different costs, a different type of culture. But uh, I think collectively, we are all a bit responsible to have accepted for many years to have cheaper goods, but more and more versus uh, what we used to have. And I think it's, it's the beginning of the, of the fashion uh, sustainable challenge. Yeah. And I think, you know, you brought up a really good point. It's all a transition. We're in a very transitional time right now in the fashion industry and really a lot of industries. So one thing I like that you mentioned is, you know, no one's perfect. Um, even the most sustainable people on the planet aren't perfect. I by no means am perfect. Adore Me obviously isn't perfect either, but it's the proactive decision to be more sustainable, which is where we have to show appreciation for those companies and those individuals that are doing that. So thank you for, you know, leading the way in that transition and, you know, no one starts perfect. You have to make those initial steps in the first place. But I think as you start to, you know, build the business in a way that you're profitable and also sustainable, more and more companies will start to follow. So thank you for that transition. Um, and you're right, it is a business. Like we live in a capitalist world. You do have to make money at the end of the day. And a lot of times that is a sacrifice 
to being more sustainable. Um, but one thing you brought up, which is crazy, which I'd never heard before is the fact that people are buying and wearing five times more clothing than they were 20 years ago. Like that's crazy. And you can only imagine, you know, 50 years ago, a hundred years ago, people probably made their own clothes and had one pair of pants that they wore and fixed up, you know, for most of their lives, huge generalization, but you know, I kind of get where you're going. Do you see, um, in your industry kind of knowing that fact where we're buying five times more clothes is the clothing in general less hot like is it lower quality than it used to be since they're mass producing so much it's, it's not that simple actually uh, you know it's true that 100 years ago you might have one pair of pants but this pair of pants might not be as good as what you can buy today mm -hmm. it's more that there is when you buy clothing, there is different uh, attributes. There is a purely convenience, you know, you wear a pants, you know, and there is uh, what you uh, what you want to, uh, what is a branding uh, super source power, what you want to say, what you want to convey. And, and I think uh, now you have very interesting things that are happening. You have very technical issues that keep the heat, that help you not to sweat. You have a lot of stuff that is happening. Um, and, and, and of course, uh, you can, you want to keep some of the aspect and without uh, the other. And I think what is very interesting in, is for a long time, uh, the most interesting brand in fashion were all about what is your uh, appearance or who you want to be. And now you have a lot of interesting brands that are expressing um, some kind of what is your underlying values, you know? Uh, one brand I think is fascinating is, is Veja. They are doing sneakers and they are trying to reinvent the value chain. So they don't do paid advertising and paid advertising huh, is like 30% of the expense of many brands. So, and with that, they just inject in uh, better uh, manufacturing practice, more sustainable practice. So at the end of the day, and I think that's what is interesting, they managed to produce a garment that is much more virtuous, that is the same price for the customer, which is important because we cannot ask to the customer to pay twice the amount that they used to pay, but they have changed the value chain. And it's not apparent because when you look at the, your sneaker, it's still like a black sneaker with a V, you know? But in fact, when you wear them, you send a signal. And I think that the essence of the brand is like which signal you want to say. Do you want to signal, I care about the planet, I care about the worker, in this case, you wear Veja. Or do you want to see just uh, I love this little color and you buy another brand? And, and I think that's where it's a little bit the soul of fashion that you can see into that. What value chain do you want and what value do you want to convey uh, through your through your brand? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it, you're right. It's a it is a very very complex situation. But I love how people are also kind of thinking outside the box too, like that, like you just mentioned. And you look at companies like Tesla; they don't spend any money on advertising either, uh, and they're leading the way when it comes to you know electric vehicles and sustainable transportation compared to their competitors who spend millions and billions of dollars on advertising every year. So it's actually when you think about it good for the brand good for pr when companies can you know make this transition to being more sustainable but also um you don't want to do it ideally hopefully these companies don't do it just for the sake of you know greenwashing it and saying we're sustainable they actually do it um what's kind of one piece of advice that you could give for the consumer 
when it comes to us looking for, you know, let's say I got to buy a shirt or I have to buy some pants. What's the best way to be more sustainable, you know, for me when I'm going out and buying those products? First, uh, don't buy is the most sustainable way. <laughs> Do you really need this clothing? The first thing you have to wonder. Second thing, uh, can you buy second hand? And I think this is something that will evolve more and more i think there is not enough supply right now of good quality uh, second hand but it's moving fast and it's very interesting because um it used to be uh, let's say thrown upon to buy second hand or cheap or things but now it's changing a lot and you have a lot of trendsetters that are buying second hand because it's cooler and you have the pleasure of the shopping is to find some cool garments and it's true that when you find something that is unique it's even cooler and then you can buy uh, new clothes. Uh, and here, indeed, you have to, it's not easy for the customer and I feel for the customer because it's very confusing. And of course, you have a bunch of labels that are existing and that are going in the right directions. And, uh, and even if uh, it's pretty hard to do in general, uh, you need to support the brand that are using the good label, but they can be confusing themselves. And when you understand all the complexity of the value chain, uh, you have a good label and bad label and some uh, bad effects. So, uh, so follow the brand. I think at the end of the day, uh, many brands, uh, you, have, you have really a, a, some kind of war happening. You have some brands that are going all in into greenwashing and they will not claim it that well, but they just tell you, uh, we have this little recycled line and they give you 5% for, to have a bit of a PR article and to defend that. I think greenwashing is, is, is very uh, dangerous and it's a plague because it confuses the customer. And also all the brands are actually making some effort. They are losing business opportunities because of the greenwasher. And you have some brands that are genuinely trying to change and to transform and making some effort. And usually uh, the one playing the game of the full transparency, it's a good hint, you know. If you are willing to share who are your suppliers, uh, your cost uh, the challenge that you are facing eh ben, it's a good sign you know uh, I think that it's impossible honestly, for a brand today to understand all the value chain because you have the brand you have the manufacturer you have the raw material supplier of tier 1 tier 2 tier 3 and, uh, and any brand that tell you oh we are perfect we do that it's bullshit you know so I think the brand that has uh, uh, the modesty to say we are moving in this direction whatever that's a good sign and another thing that uh, I think is important is we let's talk about the manufacturing because a lot of the brands insist on little aspects like transportation. Oh, it was uh, made locally. Okay, uh, if you look at a macro level, the fashion industry is responsible for 10% of the carbon emission, 10%. Huh? It's more than Germany, France, and UK combined. But within this, only 2% two to three percent are related to shipping so two to three percent of ten percent is a lot but you have the manufacturing city which is 70 percent of the issues and that's where the challenge is so let's talk about the manufacturing uh, what practice they have because there is a lot of opportunities uh, a lot of things that are happening and a brand that only talk about their responsible shipping it's nice but they are really scratching the surface and why don't they want to talk about the rest? Mm -hmm. What uh, so like what are some problems with the manufacturing process that makes it so unsustainable? Uh, it starts with the raw material because the raw material uh, requires a lot of energy. 
uh, and a lot of resources in general. Uh, to give you an idea, uh, we, are, uh, we have a brand called Reapparels that are doing sweatshirts that use only uh, 10 gallons of water, but usually to make a sweatshirt, you need the equivalent of one gallons, 1,000 gallons of water to make the raw material. So it's huge. So uh, the manufacturing, you have the all, all the resources uh, involved for the, for the raw material. And then you have the transformation and the dyeing and so on. And all those processes, historically, uh, were pretty bad, you know, but they were hidden, you know, under the, under the carpet. And, and now, uh, it's, the challenge is like, how do we do that? How do we give new source of energy? How do we have solar panels in some countries? Because a lot of the time, it's like in, in, uh, in Asia, where they have limited... Uh, Uh, nuclear uh, power or solar facilities. So how do you work with your manufacturer to provide clean source of energies? That's an example. How do you improve your process to be uh, less in intensive in terms of resource? Uh, and that's really the complexity of the evolution. But of course, it's not as sexy as to claim, uh, uh, you know, uh, some kind of greenwashing uh, easy stuff, you know. Yeah, it's, that's, that's so crazy to think about. I mean, just the, the idea of a thousand gallons of water going into making one sweater, like that's something that, you know, when you're on Amazon or you're on any website or you're out there shopping, you really don't think about what goes into that. But if you're listening, think about that, like a thousand gallons of water goes into making one sweater. And then there's companies out there that can do it in 10. Um, really, I, I think what's fascinating is, you know, To, to the average consumer, you press a couple buttons and a shirt shows up or your pants show up. But really, there's, as you mentioned, 10% of all carbon emissions come from, you know, the behind the scenes of the fashion industry. It's a huge problem we're facing. And Romain, thank you for, you know, being really passionate about just bringing this to the forefront of, you know, what people are talking about. Because I think, there's a few different things going on right now. One is you're making, you know, a very proactive choice for your company adore me to be more sustainable, but it's also, you're there behind the scenes, seeing all the problems. The average person doesn't know what the problems are that go into it. We just know it's a problem, but don't really know how we can solve it. So I want to thank you for bringing, you know, these problems to light because I always think it helps to know the problems so that we can then come up with solutions to those problems. And I bet right now there's people tuning into this website who are like, you know, there's smart people who tune in, they're entrepreneurial, they hear a problem, they didn't even know that existed. All of a sudden, you know, maybe we're getting some smart people thinking of how we can come up with some solutions. And one thing, you know, as we keep this series going, the, the next thing to do is getting involved. So when you know there's a pro, you know there's a problem, the next step is, okay, figuring out how you can get involved and how you can get a solution going. And that's what I like about Adore Me as well, is that's where you are right now. You saw a problem, you're in the phase of correcting that problem. But again, all problems take a while to solve. It doesn't happen overnight. So it's an ongoing transition. Um, so I'm looking forward to having you on again. Our next episode, uh, for those who are interested, is the decision to get involved. So really kind of finding out, you know, the, the story and behind the scenes of why Romaine and why Adore Me 
saw these problems and why they wanted to get involved and how other companies can follow suit and get involved as well. So Romaine, I know, uh, I know it's getting to be dinner time out there in New York City right now. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I want to thank you for bringing these problems you know, to the forefront. I mean, 1,000 gallons to make a sweater, 10% of carbon emissions. It's really fascinating. Um, so thank you for sharing some of that information with us today. And uh, again, thank you guys, our audience, for tuning in, for watching. Um, our goal is to bring you leaders like Romaine, companies that are making a proactive decision to be more sustainable. So be sure to go check out adoreme.com and support companies like this that are making that decision and working hard to be more sustainable. And be sure to tune in because we're gonna have Romaine on the show a lot more in the future, highlighting the specific problem, the fashion industry, and uh, hopefully laying out some solutions of how we as consumers can shop a little bit more environmentally friendly and how uh, these manufacturing companies and fashion companies can be a little bit more sustainable as well. And if we all uh, are a little bit more educated and make smarter decisions, it'll go a long way when there's, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten billion people out there that all need to wear clothes and, and live their daily lives. So thank you to Romaine. Thank you to everybody who tuned in to this episode. We appreciate it. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Green Podcast.